Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews in you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people. I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen? And so we find ourselves in the book of Ezekiel this morning. So let me give you some context. So Ezekiel was a prophet and a priest during the time of the Babylonian exile. A prophet meaning one to, to whom and through whom God speaks. One to whom and through whom God speaks. A priest meaning someone set apart as God's messenger, as God's representative. He was a prophet. He was a, a mediator between God and his people. He was a priest. The book of Ezekiel records six visions. The one that we just read is one of the six visions 
But there are six visions throughout this book, and we just read one of those. Ezekiel was about 30 years old when God came to him in this place, and his ministry was about 22 years, from around 593 B.C. to 571 B.C. was the ministry of Ezekiel. So the, the, the biblical history, so the, the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves there. And God brought them out of Egypt where they were slaves. Right? He brought them out with his mighty right hand. But God didn't bring them out of Egypt just for the sake of bringing them out. When God brings you out of a place, it is with the intention of bringing you into something. So when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, his intention was to bring them into the promised land. God doesn't deliver you and set you free just for the sake of delivering you. Just for the sake so you can say, I'm free. But he wants to bring you into something. So he brought them out of slavery to bring them into his promise, into the promised land. And he said to the children of Israel, he said, listen, if you are obedient in this land, if you hear me, if you listen to me, you will be blessed and you will thrive in this place. But if you are disobedient, if you're disobedient and you reject me and you go after dumb idols, then you will be taken away. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And he says, please choose life. So the children of Israel, they chose death. They chose rebellion. They chose curses. They were disobedient to God's word. So everything they, they loved, the, the Babylonians, they, they came in and everything they loved was destroyed. Babylonians came in, they swept through Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple, they destroyed the city, they kidnapped the people from their own land. And many were killed and the survivors, they were taken away captive. These people were deported from their own land. Think about that for a moment. They were taken captive from their own land, from their own home, because of their disobedience. Everything they loved was taken away. And in the midst of all of this, God raises up a prophet called Ezekiel, and he gives him a message to give to his people, and it was a message of hope. And remember, Ezekiel, he was also one of those who was taken away into captivity. So he was among them. But God gives him a message of hope to give to his people. And by the time the message gets to the people, they were already in slavery or in bondage for well over a decade. So this had been their condition for, for, for over 10 years already. And then God brings a word and a message of hope. And I believe this, I believe that the people in the land of Israel, like Ezekiel in our text, they were wondering and they were asking themselves, can these bones live? Can we, can we live again? Can we 
live again? Is there hope for us in the valley of despair? And Ezekiel, he comes forth and he delivers, he brings that message. Can the Israelite community, can they make it? Is there hope for us? Was the question. And I think we ask ourselves the same questions today when we read about the state of the church. The stats that I just gave to you breaks my heart. We're seeing the decline of the church. And we're asking ourselves, man, can, can the church ever, like, can this change? Is there hope in, in 2020? With all the different ideas out there. Is there hope for the church? Is there hope for the message that we deliver? Is there hope for the lost? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're asking ourselves the same questions that they were asking way back then. So to summarize our, our text today, the, the first ten verses is the vision. It's the vision that God gave to Ezekiel. First ten verses. And by the way, a vision is something that God allows you to see. All right? First ten verses, that's the vision that God gives to Ezekiel. Verse 11 is the interpretation of the vision. When you get a vision, if God gives you a vision, it's important that you get the interpretation. So you're not just trying to decide what you think it means. So verse 11 is the interpretation of the vision. Verse 12a is the instruction. Okay, Lord, what do I do with this vision? And the instruction to Ezekiel was prophesy. And then verse 12b to verse 14 is the prophecy or the prophetic word that God of what God is going to do. So that's how the text is, is broken down for us today. The whole vision that we just read is held together by one word. The whole vision that we read is held together by one word, and that one word is ruah. It's ruah. And it occurs almost ten times in the passage and it means wind, spirit, or breath, depending on its context. The entire vision that we just read, it's held together by one word. And that one word is ruah, which means wind, spirit, or breath, depending on the context. And this is the theme that runs all throughout our text this morning. The breath of God which is synonymous with his spirit. The breath of God, which is synonymous with his spirit. For it is in the breath of God that we are reminded that he lives, that he is alive. And as long as we know that he lives, there is hope for us in him. Amen? As long as we know that God lives, there's hope for us in him. The average individual, average person takes 16 breaths per minute. 960 breaths per hour. 23,040 breaths per day. And if you live to a, an age of 80 years old, you would have taken 672 
1,768,000 breaths. Breaths. We need breath to function, to live, to dance, to play. We, we need it. Without breath, we're nothing. Our physical bodies, we depend on, we rely on, we anticipate our very next breath. Yesterday's breath is insufficient for today, and today's breath is insufficient for tomorrow. We need breath. We breathe to survive. We need it. We depend upon it. But our breath has a limit. Our breath expires. So let me ask you a question. Does God breathe? Does God breathe? And I would say no. Not in the sense that we do. Can God breathe? Yes, absolutely. Does God breathe? No. Not in the sense that we do, but can he? Yes, absolutely he can. And his breath is unlimited. And God doesn't breathe for his sake. He's not dependent upon oxygen like we are, but he breathes for our sake. When God breathes, he breathes on purpose and he breathes for us. We benefit from the breath of God. In Genesis 2 and verse 7, we see the Lord God forming the man from the dust of the earth. And whenever I, I read Genesis 2, I always picture man as a, as a mannequin, as a shell. And by the way, God spoke everything into existence, but when it came to man, the Bible says he formed him from the dust. He didn't just speak man into existence, but he actually formed him. So God forms man from the dust, and I just see Adam just as a, as a shell of, of, of just matter. And he's just standing there, lifeless. And then the Bible says, and then God breathed into his nostrils. And when God breathed upon him, life entered him. Only by the breath of God. When God breathed upon Adam, now Adam has received his spirit. He's received his soul. Because God breathed upon him. And Job said this in Job 34, 14 and 15, if it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. Such a great revelation. If God ever withdrew his spirit, if he ever inhaled and took his breath back, would fall to the ground like ragdolls. If God ever took his breath away from us, we are sustained by the very breath of God. We are sustained by him. And we can do nothing without him. So as we look a little more closely at this vision in Ezekiel 37, we see the word again, ruah, all throughout the text. In verse 1, he brought me out in the spirit, ruah. Verse 5, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Verse 6, put breath 
in you and you shall live. Verse 8, there was no breath in them. Verse 9, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And verse 10, and breath came into them. The breath of God, his spirit changes everything. Amen? His breath changes everything. Changes everything. We know that in the Bible, a valley was a place where battles were fought. And a battle took place in this vision, and, and the ones in the valley had, had lost. They had lost the battle. And they could not help themselves. They were lost, and they were broken, and they could not help themselves. And then God gives Ezekiel the assignment to preach to the dead people, to the dry bones. This word prophesy in verse 12 can be translated to preach. So God gives Ezekiel the assignment to preach to these dead bones, to, to prophesy to them, to, to speak to them. And the main theme of this passage is restoring hope to God's covenant people. So Ezekiel, he does just that. God demonstrates to us in this passage that he lives, that he is alive, that he has the power to make the impossible possible. And so God's power is clearly and intentionally displayed in this text. We see the omnipotence of God, his power. He is able to make the impossible possible. In this text, we see that his spirit and his word, they work together. The Spirit of God and the Word of God work together. Can you guys say that? Say His Spirit and His Word work together. By His Word without His Spirit produces dead people that look well put together. His word without his spirit produces dead people that look well put together. By the word of God, they came together bone to bone. But it was by the spirit that they came alive. In, in verse 2, one of the very first observations that Ezekiel makes when he's brought by the spirit into the valley is that it was full of bones, but also we see they were very many and they were very dry. Dryness was their culture, it was their reality, and to be dry is to be without hope. We see dry bones stick together, there was a culture of dryness, and this was the culture in the midst of the valley. And they were dry because they were separated from God, disobedience led to distance, which created dryness. Their disobedience led to distance, which created Dryness. Maybe some of you can, can relate to that right now, today. How your disobedience can eventually lead to distance, feeling, feeling far from him, and then just feeling dry spiritually. Yeah, well, it all starts with disobedience. 
and then distance, and then dryness. The bones connected to each other again by the word, but they became an exceedingly great army by the Spirit. Amen? They came together because of the word, but they became an exceedingly great army because of the Spirit. Some churches are all about the word. All about the word. The exegesis and hermeneutics and the doctrine and like it's 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 all about the word. And other churches are all about the spirit. They're they're more concerned about an emotional experience than they are about the word of truth. They they want to come to receive an emotional high. And they're just all about the spirit. But at the Way City Church, we believe in both. We believe in the Word and the Spirit. Amen? We believe in the Word and the Spirit. The Word is our foundation. The Word is our foundation by which we judge spiritual things. But we believe in the Word and we believe in the Spirit and we believe that they are one and they cannot be separated. That's what we believe here. The Word and the Spirit are one. They do not work independently of one another, but they always work together. To prophesy, we see in verse 4 and twice, and twice in verse 9 and verse 12, is a Hebrew word called Naba. To prophesy is a Hebrew word called Naba, and it means to speak the word of God under the influence of the divine spirit. I love it. To prophesy here, it means to speak the word of God under the influence of the divine spirit. And that's absolutely beautiful. That's what Ezekiel did. He spoke God's word under the influence of the divine spirit. The word and the spirit were working together and we see the beauty of this vision unfolding. But the word and the spirit, they're working side by side. And Ezekiel is now being invited by God to speak life into his context. As God spoke life into Adam in Genesis 2, God is inviting Ezekiel to speak life into his context. God could have spoken his word, but he didn't. It's very interesting to me how God used Ezekiel and said, speak my word. And Ezekiel began to speak God's word and he began to see Things unfold. But God used him. He brought him on board. And he used him to speak his word. And mighty things took place. So I wrote this down. This is the prophetic word for today. I believe that God is speaking over all of our churches today. And the church is full of people. And if the people are dead and dry and without hope, then guess what? Our churches will be dead and dry and without hope. So I believe that we can say that God is prophetically speaking in our context today over our churches, speaking to his New Testament covenant people, and God is doing this. He's breathing new life upon us. I believe that. God is breathing new life upon us, and I believe that we will rise up in an ungodly generation, and we will proclaim the truth in love to our generation. Can you say amen? amen? I believe that God is calling us to do this. 
to boldly proclaim this truth. So Ezekiel, in this vision, God invites him. And he says, Ezekiel, I want to I wanna show you something. I want to I wanna use you. I want to use you. And Ezekiel watched how God used him as he spoke God's word and how a miracle unraveled before his eyes. But I love the fact that he was a part of it. And I'm saying to, to you today that I believe that God wants to use you. On a side note, if you're in here and you feel lost and dead and without hope, I believe that God is breathing new life upon you today. And again, it's by His Spirit and it's by His breath. It's by His Spirit and by His breath that you can overcome. But I believe that God is speaking into your context today. Both both personally, but also for us as a, as a church. His spirit changes everything. And his spirit is for you. And then we see the, the beauty of the gospel in this text, like the bones in the valley of despair, like the dry bones that were useless, they, they could not help themselves, but they were gathered together, and they were, they were over dead. They were, they were really dead. They were dry, and Ezekiel came to them with the word of, of the Lord like Jesus came to us. Not only with Jesus speaking the word, but he was the word. And Jesus came to us and he met us in the valley. We were those within the valley. We were the dry bones. That is you, that is me. And Jesus came to us when we could not help ourselves. And he set us free and he made us an exceedingly great army. For what purpose? Not for us to just go and live life as we choose, but for us to be on mission with him. But he came and he saved us for this very reason. And God's hand is upon you. And God wants to use you. And God wants to save you. And if you're in this place and you are dead in your trespasses and sins, then I want you to know that God is breathing upon you today. He wants to breathe upon you. He wants to make you new. He wants to make you whole. You don't have to live as a, as a walking zombie, but you can be alive in Christ. You can be alive in him. Let me invite you to stand up with me. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just think for a moment about the word that you heard. I want to ask you, can you hear the sounds of dry bones rattling all around you? Can you hear the sound of dry bones rattling all around you?
This is only the beginning of God's work. In order for new life to come, we must always be open to fresh winds of the Spirit. That doesn't mean that we reinvent the church. But it does mean that we aggressively plant multiplying churches and watch what the Lord does in and through them. Ezekiel watched as the Spirit of God breathed life into bones that were already around him within his context. And God used him to be a part of it. I want you to be aware of those who are around you, of those who are spiritually dead around you and speak God's word into your context. Be aware. Be open to the creative winds of the Spirit. Be open to the voice of the Spirit. Christ brings us from death to life, from curses to blessing, from hopelessness to hope. That's what Christ does. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your word. And Father, I pray for those in this room right now. Maybe there are individuals in this place where they feel like their marriage is dead or dying. Maybe they feel like their body is dead or dying. Maybe they feel, Lord God Almighty, like they're like their faith, like their hope is dead or dying. And Father, I want to remind them that you are able. I want to remind them this morning that your spirit is present and your spirit changes everything. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen in this place. I pray that you would strengthen marriages. I pray that you would strengthen relationships between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. I pray that you would strengthen relationships every single relationship I pray that you would begin to heal and mend things which are broken I pray that you strengthen bodies in this place I pray that you strengthen minds in this place Lord I thank you that your spirit is here Father I pray that those who are without hope those who don't see a reason maybe even to live Father I pray today that they would be encouraged that they would know that you are with them, that you would never leave them nor forsake them. Father, I pray for those who don't know you that they will today. That they would open their heart. That they would let your spirit come in. Father, as you're knocking on the door of their heart, may they open it to you today. May they surrender. May they understand that they are nothing without your breath. They are nothing without your spirit. So come and transform every life within this place, Lord God Almighty. We bless you, Lord, and we love you, and we thank you. And I want to give you an opportunity right where you are, if you don't know him, to call upon him today. Right where you are in your seat, call upon him, ask him to save you. And he will. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if that's you, I extend that invitation to you right where you are to just call upon him in the name of Jesus Christ we'd love to hear from you visit us at thewaycitychurch.org